It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. All right. Oh, there he is. Oh, man. All right. Everybody Scared down. Out of me. Everybody down. That was a Why loud Why was gamble. that guy from Operation Guys. Desert Storm in here? <laughs> <laughs> so that's our bailiff. Anthony, where are you? The, Anthony, where are you? You have to come back. And we, we, didn't get, we didn't get the cap on his. I think he has to run something. So right? what we asked him was, hey, Anthony, can you uh, come up with whatever a bailiff would wear? That's Why did we, you decide? What, yeah. like, you've got a bulletproof vest. I guess I can talk. It's all I had. Remember uh, Jeremy Renner? Was, uh, what was, was that movie with Jeremy now. Renner where he's diffusing <laughs> yeah, bombs? Exactly. Oh, that was in a Iraq, great movie. Right? Have you ever yeah. seen a bailiff before? Uh, no. <laughs> okay. That's good. That's good. Thank you. Go ahead. Right. You did All great, right. man. Have fun. Uh, oh, Tremendous go- job. Google Bull from Night Court. Yeah, there you go. that's all you got to do. A black man would so, get shot wearing that. You can't, <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, you can't come in like that. <laughs> Run around in a bulletproof vest. Uh, oh my and my God. wires are just a mess. I've got this silly judge robe on. Yeah. For future segments, I'm actually going to be wearing a judge wig. You know the old school judge wig? Oh, yeah. Yeah, like that's the gonna, old British type. Yeah, that's going to happen, but that's yeah. down the road. Well, you know, yeah. When the budget a, allows. We've got a limited prop budget there. right now. So you're going to be doing uh, uh, doing different uh, topics for us to debate on right now, right? Yes. Oh. Correct. Okay, great. Yeah, so. Uh, it's really going we'll willy-nilly. We'll be deaf by the end of the segment. <laughs> Listen, I know you've been sworn. I've read your complaints. Mm-hmm. Um, here's how this is going to work. So, um, Tenders, you're going to give the topic, correct? Is that right? He's going to give the topic, and then yeah. we're going to debate. But the first debate is going to – you'll take it away. Go ahead. We got two debates on the docket today. Number one, if you were the Browns GM and could only sign one of the following two players, would you sign Jadevian Clowney or Jarvis Landry? And who are, who are the litigants for this? It's these two. These okay, two so gentlemen. Bull versus G. Bush. Bull, you can, you can go yeah. first. Guys, this one's easy to me. Jarvis Landry is, is the call. And I know I'm in the minority opinion here, and I know G's going to disagree, and I think a lot of the fans are going to agree with him. But it's not just about, you know, listen, pass rusher is more important as an individual position than wide receiver. Right. I get that. So yep. I'm at a disadvantage here. But I can rely on Jarvis Landry. I know he missed some time last year. It was the first time he'd ever missed time in his career. I know Jarvis Landry wants to win. I know Jarvis Landry's a good leader. I know Jarvis Landry's a passionate guy. And I know that outside of a couple of games last year, or he's always been a reliable player. I get he's getting a little old. Okay. But and they have a clear hole at wide at second wide receiver, just like they have a clear hole at pass rusher. I don't trust Jadavion Clowney. I think he's I think he's a good player and and gets treated like a great player. And I don't think he's a great player. Uh, Miles Garrett's the star on the defensive line. I think Clowney is unreliable in terms of injury. I think he's unreliable in terms of passion for the game. There's always, like, why is it that he always signs late? Why is it that yeah. nobody's ever breaking down the door for him? Now, you could say, well, Jarvis is not signed either. <laughs> That's just one time here, right? Like, I don't know. There's something about Clowney that I don't love. Okay, good points, all of them. G. Bush? Your, your Honor, uh, you know, Adam the Bull, great lawyer. He's, this guy really does his homework, but he didn't do his homework on this one. He, Ooh. He, he, he talks about, you know, Jadavian Clowney being injury prone. 
Well, Jarvis Landry is the guy who had surgery last oh year. My. When you talk about Jadavian Clowney, this guy played hurt and was productive while he played hurt. And sometimes it's not whether or not you're a superstar or whether or not you're, you're an over-the-top great player. Everyone knows he's not as good as Miles Garrett, but guess what? He unlocks Miles Garrett's other potential, right? Mm. You can't double-team Miles now, and he makes the defensive tackles better because Jadavian Clowney is a guy who now, if you want to slide somewhere, tackles are getting one-on-one -on -one coverage. Tackles are getting one-on-one -on -one coverage all across the board. If you get Jadavian Clowney to come back for the Cleveland Browns, you now have two of the most formidable defensive ends. You need that against guys who can move the pocket, that can run. Joe Burrow's in this division. Uh, you look at Lamar Jackson is in, is in this division. He's also going to make those corners better. You just signed Denzel Ward. Jadavian Clowney makes the entire defense better. He's an impact guy. I love Jarvis to death. Okay, that's the end of the arguments because we have a we have a hard interview coming up at twelve thirty. Sean that's Porter. Right. Sean Porter's a boxer. The one guy that you don't want to make wait for that's an inter right. interview is a boxer. Mm -hmm. So here's how we're going to settle this whole thing. First of all, uh, Mike, do you you could be a one man juror here. You can sort of help I'm me make just, my decision. I'm someone in the gallery in a southern courtroom. So right you're not now. even paying attention. No, that's why I have <laughs> exactly with the Adam Sandler movie. Yep. Yeah. I heard I heard everything, yeah. but yeah. You, it's up to you. But do you are you coming down on one side? Before I make my ruling, are you coming down on one side or the other here? I can't no? believe that you're allowing yourself to be influenced by a member of the gallery like well, this. Well, this is but, a different I mean, court. This did is, you, I, is, are you an elected official? I accept bribes. So if any of these guys want to pay me to rule in their favor, I will. I think they both made excellent points. I will say this. Miles Garrett specifically said he wants uh, Jadavian Clowney back. I like a happy sure Miles. I like a happy Miles Garrett, and so mm -hmm. I, you know, I would kind of lean that way. Okay, that's fair. That's I, I understand that. Mike, do we have uh, comments? Anybody weighing in on as to whether or not they want Clowney, or uh, he's not prepared to look at the board, at the chat right now? I we'll bet have that. People are okay, Clowney. so here's what, I'm ready to make yeah. my ruling, guys. I'm ready to make my ruling, and I and you, Bull, you actually convinced me early on uh, with something that you said. I I think that this is more about. The human being, like, the, yes. like the, the tangibles that this player, the intangibles that this pro player will bring. I think that we saw early on that Jarvis Landry changed the culture of this team. 100%. With the whole bless them. Do you remember that? Mm -hmm. Yep. When, when they were on hard knocks and we got to see how, what a vocal leader he can be, particularly in his position group. I'm worried about Jadavion Clowney getting the money, getting more than a one-year deal, and then saying you know, I got a little bit of a tweak hamstring here. I'm not going to be able to go. He was motivated by what this year? Money. Mm -hmm. yeah. One year deal. If you can get this guy on a one year deal, it might change. I might say, okay, take Clowney again on a one year deal. He's incentivized to be out there every play. But I think Jarvis Landry, both what he can bring on the field and the intangibles that he brings to the locker room. My ruling is for Bull, yeah. it is, if I'm only going to sign Let's one, it's going to be Landry. So you're 1-0 yeah. now in this whole gimmick. Thank you. The other thing, too, is, I, in my opinion, the kid from Oklahoma that the, that the Browns drafted, the, the kid that we all fell in love yes. with, yeah. I can't think of his name right Isaiah, now. Isaiah Thomas. No, no, not Isaiah Thomas. Er, uh, Winfrey. Winfrey. He's going to change lives in Cleveland. Yeah. He's going to change this lives. This year? And not, I need maybe somebody, not this year. <laughs> I need not, maybe not this year, but I think he's going to come in and have a big – he's not going to be Mac Wilson. Right, right. I don't think he's going to be Mac Wilson. I need a vocal leader in that wide receiver room. I'm not sure Amari Cooper's it. He's, a, he's obviously a better talent than Landry. But, but they both yeah. need a good wingman. I'll yeah. give you guys yes. that. Okay, what's our next topic? Mike's involved in this one. We actually got an email submission for this one. If you have a question you want us to answer, email us at ucss at wkyc.com. But this okay. one – 
was an email submission from Leah Musgrave. Mm. Are there more chairs or people in the world? Mm-hmm. Mike what? Polk versus G. Bush. I mean, Mike Polk versus Adam the Bull. I I'll, let me, can I close? Can I go second? Do you mind? I don't. See, I'm gonna. Go, I, I think there's more people in the world. I really have no idea. Right. I wish there were less people in the world. There we have is, a lot of terrible people. There is no statistic that actually tells us the truth of this, right, uh, fingers? No, there's no real. No answer. official no. Okay, answer. Great. This is I mean, up I to wish Judge I had Ray. like the Thanos ability to snap my fingers and get rid of the people I don't yeah. like, but I don't have wow. that ability. If you want to just vaporize <laughs> them, yes. I can oh see my! Being what God. if we could? What if I could wipe out all the like? racists and pedophiles. terrorists pedophiles. and pedophiles Get rid of them. and rapists and murderers. Mm-hmm. Wipe them all out with one snap of the face. Boy. And you're the judge, jury, and the execution. <laughs> that's it, go God. What that's harsh, Bull. Yeah, that's pretty brutal. Wow, you also the reality them. is, uh, you know, we've overpopulated this world with destroying the planet. Mm-hmm. And uh, so if that's not depressing enough, I'll, I'll say that there's so many people that, that uh, were ruining the planet. So you're contending that there are more people than chairs? Yes. All right. Mike? Yeah. Well, Your Honor, I think that's absolutely ridiculous, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> I mean, how many chairs are in this room alone? Sure, we have We got almost, a stack of them right, right there. There's a big stack camera. of them right over there. Ten. We have there ten are, chairs in this how room. How many chairs do you have at home? You're just one man. How many people live in your house? Three. Three, you have three chairs total, or you have three people in your house? Three people. Three people. I have about ten Mike's, chairs. Ten Mike's chairs. Making, Mike's making great points Not right now. Not only that, right now. <laughs> that boy good. That boy good. good. Look at those chairs I just wanted over to there. Kill Show people that again. Look at all those chairs. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I mean, just there. Not only that, <laughs> we're almost eight billion people in the world right now. True, yeah. there are. But there were people before that, and there were people before that, and they all had chairs, multiple chairs, a lot of them. Now, Did they? Some countries, they yes. don't have enough the chairs. The cavemen had chairs? They didn't have chairs. No, yeah, they were stones, but they had chairs. They they just, is a stone rocks. count as a chair? It depends. Well, then it did. It's funny you bring that up. On the up. Flintstones? Because I looked up the Merriam-Webster uh, dictionary <laughs> definition of chair, <laughs> and it is. The definition of chair is a seat typically having four legs and a back for one person. Typically, not yeah. always. Yeah, that's that's the buzzword. You know, with that, it, according to Merriam-Webster, that makes a couch a chair. How many couches? Now we add the couches in. Love seats. Sure. Okay, you're on a bus. That's Bar a chair. Bar stools. Stadium seats. These, according to Merriam-Webster, those are all chairs. I in- think I've been crushed in this. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> make, make one more point because I, I can't hear enough of this. But make no. one more point. Do you have another last one wanna- point? When they do, you do an architectural dig. All right, back to ancient Sumeria or something like that. You know what you're gonna find back there? You're gonna find a damn chair, at least one chair, <laughs> yeah, at least an one. ancient artifact, and so these chairs are just populated in places we don't even know throughout this globe. Far more chairs than people. I rest my case. Yeah, here. I think I, I don't know what the voice of the He's people thinks me. on this, yeah. but yeah, very compelling argument. I'm the Clarence Darrow. Of- besides, Bull wants to vaporize people. Yes, right. I do. Doug, <laughs> I Doug, Doug, Kitts, Doug Kitts says, how many chairs are are in all of the sports venues in the world? Uh, yeah, you, go. uh, you got dog walk bull. Right. This is yeah. his landslide. Think about bull, that. This it was close. a losing argument. To this it to was. This you were in a bad spot. So uh, the judge has made his ruling. It, it, uh, Mike Polk makes a compelling case that there are Thank definitely you. more chairs than people. I think we all have more chairs, probably fivefold, in our own homes. That's people right. don't talk about it enough. No, it's, a, it's, it's a hot button issue. It will be now. You yep. went to college for four years to win that argument. Five years. <laughs> Five years. Yeah. I went for seven. Hey, college was the best yeah. nine years of my life. Mm-hmm. All right, we're going to take a break on the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. When we come back, I can't wait. Sean Porter, the Northeast Ohio native who was a tremendous, both amateur and professional boxer, out of the game now, but he's a fight analyst. He's going to join us to talk all things boxing. And, guys, 
He's a huge Cleveland sports fan, so we want to get his take on Browns, Cavs, Guardians. I almost slipped there. I almost slipped. Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show, coming right back. I decided being a judge is really hard work, and I definitely respect all judges. I think they've got a very difficult job, and um, I'm glad that I never decided that uh, I wanted to take that avenue in life. Because it is a lot of fun. A lot of power, the, though. Well, hitting the yeah. gavel is really powerful. Mm-hmm. Like yes. when you That's slam why most that down. Of them get into it. Yeah, and wait till I get my right. judge wig. That's coming soon. It, uh, it'll be here later this week. So I have the white curly, the old fashioned. Yeah, style we're looking forward to that. I'll be Quaker official. Yeah, then. yeah. I always wondered why. You have did to they... talk with a British accent. No, I, I won't because okay. I, I don't really have a good one. All right, our next guest. We're thrilled to um, to welcome Sean Porter to the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. Guys, I was doing some research on Sean. What's up, my buddy? Hey, hey, this. Clap, clap, clap. Yeah, clap. Hold on, hold on. He told us to clap. We better clap. <laughs> Local boy. Yeah. First of all, he's got an electric smile. I think he's great on television as an analyst. But, dude, I, I was looking up his record. And I, the, the one thing, champ, that jumped out at me, you were 276 and 14 as an amateur. What did you do? Fight twice a day? Bro. Jeez. No. Uh, y'all, people don't know this, though. But in the amateurs... You fight in a tournament. That tournament lasts the entire week. So as a professional, you fight once every couple of months. As an amateur, you might fight up to five times in one week. Can you, you imagine know? So, that? Uh, I started when I was eight. And uh, before I was 21, it added up to about 270-odd fights with a couple of losses here and there. 276 and 14. Oh, my God. Think about people who, like, take <laughs> off, t- like, six months between yeah. fights. And he's oh. doing five in a week. Wait, I played wait. that. I played that game at Dave and Buster's where you yeah. put the fake boxing gloves on and do that. I got exhausted thirty seconds. Oh, in. In one round, you're wiped out. Well, yeah. Wait a second, guys. We missed something here, Sean. You said you started when you were eight. You actually had a boxing match like that counts on your amateur record from when you were eight. Yeah, I, I, and that's what I say. A lot of times when you see a guy with a with an amateur record and it's only got three or four losses on it, and he's got a hundred wins. Usually that guy is not counting the nine, the fights that he had when he was eight or nine years old. Um, yeah, when you, when you add it all were you, up. Were you wearing uh, underoos in the ring? Right. I don't even know what underoos are. I'm 34. Oh, yeah, we're too old. He's we're too old. That's like when we were kids. When we were kids, like you, you were eight years old, you had like little kid underwear. It was underoos. That was like a cool thing. Well, I thought it was cool, but I don't. I don't know that it was that cool, cool actually. Yeah, well, the seventies. Yeah, Look, if Showtime, cool. if Showtime yeah. doesn't know what it is, it can't be cool. It's not. She's cool. really trying to justify it right now. <laughs> I know he is. He's working yeah. hard. He's wearing them, no doubt. He's working yeah. hard. Hey, I want to ask you. To, I want to start with um, uh, your retirement. I, I, after the the last fight with Crawford in November, um, you said you're done. But I, I said at the meeting this morning, boxers retire so they can unretire. Um, you are not the conventional boxer, but I do want to know. You're still a young guy. You're not even 35 yet, are you? Uh, no. Are you uh, done? I'm, are we ever going to see you fight in the ring again? Or, or, or do you, you know, mean it when you say you're done? Yeah, honestly, man, not, not too many things about me are conventional. Uh, from the way that I fought to the way that I, I carry myself outside of the boxing ring, much different from a lot of the fighters out there. Uh, no disrespect to them. I just, I've always wanted to be different. And that's kind of something else that my dad always pushed on me. He said, you always have to do something to separate yourself from everyone else. And so even in that respect, you know, being 34 years old, looking at all of the goals that I wanted to accomplish in, in the sport of boxing, able to accomplish those things 
why continue? Why not move forward with my life and do all of the things that I've wanted to do that some things I put off because of boxing and other things, I just kind of found a love for other things while fighting, you know? So I'm ready to do everything else and just live a, a great life. You know, do you find, you know, there's a lot of times where you play football or, or, or contact sports where, you know, you love the game, but the, the consistent blows, the consistent wear and tear of just being able to be in that type of shape, it just yeah. wears on you. Um, did you yeah. come to a point where it was like you woke up one day was like, I can't do this no more. This is this is not going to this don't work <laughs> for my, my long term plans. I uh, I definitely was getting to that point. And I said, I said, uh, I started to watch fights and I was like, you know, as a fighter, when you have this thought when you're watching the fight, ooh, that looked like it hurt. When you start <laughs> to think like that, I was watching the fight and I had that thought. I said, uh, it's about time for me to start making my exit out of this bad boy because I'm having these types of thoughts and those type of thoughts will get you hurt. Yeah, you can't play with that. Feeling. I had that sort of thought before I ever started to save myself all the time. I'm just like, that looks terrible. No, thank you. Sean, if you weren't a boxer, um, rate your athletic skills. Like if you had to pick another sport that you think that, hey, I, I want to try this professionally. What other sport would you have dove into if not for boxing? All the way up until I was, I believe, a junior in high school, I was convinced I was going to be in the NFL. I was convinced that I had everything really? that it took. I think if I had continued to really hone in on those skills and and transfer the, the same focus and energy I put on boxing once high school was done, if I had continued with football and put that kind of focus toward, towards it, I, I do believe that uh, NFL would have been close. If not the NFL, definitely the Canadian League or something like that. What position that. did you play? I, 06 is when, I, is when I graduated high school. So the AFL was still around. I was looking at the AFL like that was a possibility. You know, uh, I, I do believe that I picked up a basketball a little too late. Uh, I didn't start playing basketball until almost high school. And I can, I can hold my own on the court. Uh, I was able to. Uh, be on the freshman team and also make the JV for basketball in high school as well. So uh, all around athlete, uh, I like to say this. Um, I am the uh, the Debo uh, uh, Samuel of, of boxing. You know what I mean? I, you can put run down the field. You can take me across the middle. I could do that. I could come out of the backfield. That's who, who I was in the boxing ring. You know, I could box from the outside, on the inside, uh, defense, the whole nine, you know. So, just an all-around athlete. Showtime Sean Porter with a shot. You know, and I look never... At that. He said, I am the Devo Samuel. Devo Samuel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got to put it up that. there. I like that. There it is. I'm a Devo <laughs> You know, I'll never forget the first time I ever went to a professional boxing match in person. Oh, it was like 20-something years ago, and it was two, like, kind of over-the-hill heavyweights. I can't even remember the names, but they were guys who were, like, decent heavyweights in their prime. But at this point, they, they were, were in kinda... Cleveland. What was that? In Cleveland at the gun? No, it was actually, the, I think, the Turning Stone Casino in Utica, New York, if I remember correctly. And you had to big run. ticket. Hot yeah, big spot. ticket. Yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> there, was, there was, like, 200 people there. But seeing these guys, because these, they were both really big, just the way seeing it in person is so different than on TV because it looks it looked like every punch the guy was getting hit by a sledgehammer. Yeah. So I'll say yeah. to you, Sean, like when you know, obviously you're not a heavyweight, but still you guys are punching with a lot of power and you've got a lot more speed than these heavyweights have. Yeah. How do you get used to that? Like that that 
because no matter how good you are, you're taking a lot of punches. How do you get yeah. used to it? I'm, I'm pretty convinced that it's a couple of things. Number one is the adrenaline. And I believe number two is the focus. Uh, the guys at the top, when we are so focused on our game plan and we're so focused on beating the guy across from us, when we get hit, we know what we got hit with, but it doesn't affect us the same way I'm sure it affects you guys on the outside of the ring. You guys are like, man, that looked like it hurt. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, man, I got hit with the right hand. I got to make him miss that. You know, and it's like your focus and the adrenaline and the energy of the moment, it, it, it far exceeds whatever you could possibly feel in that moment because you're so focused on winning a boxing match. And I think that that's what really separates boxing from any other sport out there. It's like you cannot afford to acknowledge the feeling of, of or how something felt in a moment. You get stuck in that moment and, and you can lose because of it. Yeah, it is amazing when you sit ringside, even with guys, the welterweights, the smaller guys, when you hear it, it sounds like somebody's getting hit in the ribs with a baseball yeah, bat. It's Just the, the yeah. it's so incredibly powerful. All right, so Sean, I, we know that you're a huge Cleveland guy. You love Cleveland. You've taken a piece of us wherever. I, I know you don't live here now, but you follow the sports teams very closely. Which team are you the biggest fan of and why? I have uh, in my closet, I have basically a whole section of Cleveland Browns shirts and a couple of jerseys upstairs. Uh, I'm football through and through, and I've always uh, been in tune with what the Browns were doing and when they were doing it. Always not not always understanding why they were doing it, but uh, the Browns are, are my my Cleveland team. Sean, you know G G and I are both uh, we're excited that they got to Sean Watson. Uh, Jay, on the other hand, I don't know where Mike stands yet, but Jay, on the other hand, is a Baker apologist. He's a Baker bro. No, uh, don't go that far. <laughs> where <laughs> are you out of town too soon, I think. Get him out. Let's go, Joe. What do you say? Where What's are you? Stance? I, I hate to hear that, like, the Browns fans, we it's like we, we are together no matter what. And for the first time in my life, I'm only 34, but for the first time in my life, this is the first time I'm experiencing the Browns not be all all in. And collectively, you have like 50% are excited about this season. And then there's another 25% that are, that are like, I don't want him here. And then there's another 25% that are like, I'm not watching football, uh, <laughs> the Browns anymore because of this move. I just, I find it very uh, surprising. I, I'm hoping that it's only a matter of time before those who have given up on the Browns as an organization and those who have given up on continuing to uh, support the Browns because of this move getting Deshaun Watson. I hope that that kind of dissipates because I believe that he's a good uh, contributor to, to the Browns team. I believe that he's an athlete and I believe that everything that he was able to do in Houston, he's going to bring all of that here to, uh, to, to Cleveland I say here like I'm in Cleveland. Uh, but beyond him, also getting um, uh, the receiver we just got. Uh, Amari Cooper. Uh, Cooper. Um, what's what's his name? Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper, yeah. Amari, yeah. Getting Amari. I mean, I just think that we got weapons now. Of course, our backfield is going to be uh, is going to be healthy again. I, I, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited to see what the Browns you are going to do this year. You would have made that I, move I, right now. Yeah, go ahead. You would have made that move then. If you're the Browns front office, you would have moved Baker out 
you thought that his usefulness here was over. I, I believe that Baker has 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 run his course with the Browns organization. I don't know that Deshaun Watson would have been my go-to, but I'm happy that he's here. That's the way I am too. I'm, I'm, I mean, I didn't, I wouldn't have made the move, but I'm glad that and now that he's ours, man. Let's, yeah. let's go. You did it's, say I mean, those, yeah, you did say though like, that there was the, what you liked about what you're hoping is that Deshaun Watson can bring everything that he did in Houston here, and I. I hope there are some things that he doesn't bring here that he did in Houston, <laughs> right? I mean, from a point allegedly, 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 allegedly right, did. Yeah, yeah. Like, let's leave some stuff in Houston. <laughs> Fair. That's, a, that's yeah. what everybody's saying. That's what everybody's saying. We cross our fingers for that one. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm with you on that. Um, what do you make of the fact that I, – I, I know that you said 25% of the fan base – are saying that they're never going to watch again. I, no chance. I, I always chuckle at that when they right. go, I'm done with the Browns. <laughs> no, you're not. People. You were a Browns fan when they were 0-16, and, and now you're done? There's mm-hmm. 10 that, people yeah. who are never going to watch again. 10. That's yeah. it. Yeah, that's the whole that's list. Felt. It was like, I, these, are, these are serious accusations. Of course, uh, we, we may joke about them. We may do whatever we, we do about these accusations, but they are real. And with, with the fact that they're real, it's like we we, we – we have to kind of, we have to support Deshaun and we, we have to support the Browns uh, 100%. And I think as Deshaun makes his entrance into Cleveland, we just have to kind of, you know, slowly work him into our hearts and our minds because of these accusations and um, allow what he does on the field be what we what we hold him at, not allow what's, what these accusations that have taken place off the field. Let's not hold him to that. Let's hold him to what he does on the field because essentially that's what he's in Cleveland for. Yeah. Sean, excuse me, guys. Sean, when you are in, when you come home, what's the place you have to go to, whether it's a restaurant or I don't know, whatever. Where, when you, you're home, I got to do this. What is it? I'll tell you what. Um, I'm, I'm going to just shout him out. Uh, the Hilton uh, Cleveland downtown. I stayed there uh, for the first time just a couple of weeks ago. I didn't know I was going to get this room. My room is directly across from the Cleveland Brown Stadium. And I'm like, I'm never, I'm not staying anywhere else. Doesn't matter if I got business in Canton, Youngstown, Akron, Calgary Falls, Stowe, the list goes on. I'm staying right here downtown at, at the Cleveland uh, Hilton downtown. It is a great uh, Because it, it's fabulous to have that, 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 uh, that scene right there. Um, but outside of that, I used to always go to, um, hot sauce Williams, oh, yeah. uh, restaurant, and uh, they changed the sauce on me. And, and I, <laughs> I hate when they do that, they changed the sauce. so uh, but I do still uh, uh go to uh, hot sauce Williams whenever I get home. Nice. What one more question? I gotta, I, I'm, I'm, I'm ask all pro athletes when you finally made it, when you, when you got your first check and you saw the check, like, yo, <laughs> I'm in the building now. <laughs> What what is the first thing you blew the bag on? What's the first thing you was like look back on and say, "Oh my God, what was I thinking?" Believe it or not, I've never blown the bag. Whoa. Yes, that's Woo! what we want to hear. Thank you, <laughs> Cleveland, <laughs> Cleveland thriftiness. The first check that had multiple zeros on it. I was I was just like this. I was just like, man. <laughs> I don't even want to put this in the bank. I just want to look at it. <laughs> minute for me to get it into the bank, but. I'm sure you all see the suits that I wear now. That's when I do have a chance to spend. I'm usually spending it on 
some custom uh, Showtime Sean Porter suits. That's My a man. great answer. Yeah, man. it's great. I, I love man. hearing that story. <laughs> Cleveland yeah. sensibility right yes, there. Yes, Cleveland smart. I've heard too many stories about guys being completely broke a year or two years after they yep. left their profession. Not sure. I'm really the glad that uh, that's not you. I believe it. I believe it. Yeah. All right, Sean, listen, we can't thank you enough. Um, I know you love Cleveland and Cleveland loves you. Thanks so much for coming on the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. We're going to call on with you. Us sometime. Yeah, we're going to call yeah. on you when you're in Cleveland. Let us know. We want you to come in and join us on set. And also, anytime there's big boxing, you, I know you follow UFC too, right? Not a, not too much right now, but I got to get into it. Everybody's right. everybody wants me to, so I got to get jump into on it. it. Jump on it, because you do a terrific job analyzing fights. But really, the way the the way the game is going is UFC, and I can see you being uh, just as good as a commentator on the UFC fights as well. Sean, thanks so much for coming in. We definitely appreciate or taking time hey, for Sean. us. We appreciate, appreciate it. You. Go Browns, go Cavs, go Guardians, and love the T-shirt by the way. Nice choice. Catch you guys on the next one. All right. All right. Very all right. good. I love to hear Thank that. Thank you. I love it. Smart with his mm-hmm. money. He'll enjoy life. Yeah. Uh, we got to get him on the show. And when he's in town, we have to all stay at his place at the Hilton, too. Yeah. And just wreck that Yeah. Show. Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show party in, in his <laughs> yep. suite at the Hilton. No doubt. All right. We're taking our final break. When we come back, we're doing <laughs> final takes. What are we hot on today? Stick around. We wrap up the show right after this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Um, with uh, with the final take, and that's very simple. Um, we all have things that we're stewing about or that we really want to get off our chest. Uninterrupted, no debating this. This is your time to just throw your final take opinion out, out on the table and uh, both start us off today. Yeah, guys, I want to talk to you and not really the camera here because there's a problem, seriously, where we're always about the black and white and we're never about the gray area. The gray area gets ignored, and that's where most people are whether it comes to sports, politics, whatever. Most of us live in the gray area, and yet it's the loudest voices in the black and white area that make noise and ruin it for everybody else. But let's talk about it from a sports perspective here. The perfect example of this is the Baker Mayfield argument. Now, I've been critical and harsh, and sometimes I'm like, ah, get rid of him, get rid of him. And I do think it's time for the Browns to move on. But I think the whole argument of Baker Mayfield sums up that everybody ignores the gray area. The reality about Baker Mayfield is he's not a great quarterback and he's not a scrub. He's in the gray area. He's a decent starting NFL quarterback. And because Browns fans have not had a quarterback even in the gray area for 30 years, Mm -hmm. a lot of fans think he's in beyond the gray area. He's better than that. He's really good. And some of us, like G and I, maybe we go too far. Like, he stinks, he stinks, he stinks. He doesn't stink. But he's not as good as you think he is. He's just better than all the awful quarterbacks you've had here for the last 30 years. Baker did some good things in his time with Cleveland. But that time has come. You can't keep him here. The Browns have to move on, even if Deshaun Watson gets suspended for the year. That's why they brought in Jacoby Brissett. And Jacoby Brissett's not that good a quarterback, I'll be honest. He's not even as good as Baker Mayfield, but this team has emotionally and mentally moved on. But keep in mind, when we st- when we do these arguments, again, on any topic, 
we've got to look at there's a middle ground here and it doesn't have to be he's great or he's horrible in this case he's okay but that's not good enough I totally agree. And yeah. we have, I don't know if I'm allowed to comment on your final thought. Sure you are. No, we great. all do. I, I think you're right. It's There's 10 freaks online complaining about getting rid of Baker. There's 10 people online saying he's the worst person on earth. But they're the loudest people. And then uh, there's so many people in between who are just yeah. like, uh, is it almost the season yet? Yeah. Like the fact that we are so engaged in this, I think we get an unrealistic uh, perception yeah. of how many people care. And that goes like that with everything. You're right. Squeaky yeah. Will gets the grease and uh, a lot of people are squeaking online right now. The, the fringe, that's why I think uh, radical anything is bad. Yeah. I don't yes. care if it's left or right politically or if you if you drive your nail in the ground saying he's terrible or he's the second coming of Bernie. Mm-hmm. Like those are both, that's hyperbole in both cases. People hate things you can't label. Like put yes, a clean they, label. They want to be able to say the worst, the best. Right. I think the Sometimes it's okay to be okay. Points, yeah. Are you okay with yeah. this? Because I think this is true on just about yeah. everything. Somewhere in the middle lies the truth. Yeah. In most <laughs> cases, yeah. In all <laughs> cases. True. Yeah. G. Bush, what do you got? Well, you know, sometimes in the media, what we do, um, we talk in hyperbole and we talk about scenarios and theories and, uh, you know, things about why stuff happens and, and what goes into decisions on the field. Sometimes we talk about it in terms of Baker Mayfield, Deshaun Watson, or whether the case is LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, or Michael Jordan. But the reality of it is this. The media has no point. The media has no bearing on what you do on the field. That's the great thing about sports, right? Sports is about what happens between the white lines. It doesn't matter what religion you are, because guess what? You can't even pray to your God for a win. It doesn't matter what color you are, because guess what? You still can take an L. (laughs) All of that stuff in the tertiary economics, whether you're married, all of that is out the window because it only matters what you do with your teammates, how you go about winning a game, and how you go about investing and trying to get better every single day. Everything we talk about is media narrative and this and that and the media cause. No, the media writes stories. They are guests in the world of sports. What really matters is you, your teammates on a lot in the locker room and on the field. And at the end of the day, you got to live with the results. And that has nothing to do with what someone wrote. Pretty good. Strong. Yeah. Tune out the noise. I, when Baker Mayfield, I, I did get to a tipping point with Baker where, where I actually said, I'm not sure he's the guy because after two seasons ago, I thought he was. Uh, the, the, what put me more into the camp of we've got to make a move. Now, I just think the way they did it was terrible, and now we're in court quarterback purgatory again. We don't know where we are. But I was more leaning towards getting rid of him because I figured he has two traits that a quarterback can't have, rabbit ears and thin skin. Yeah, you got to right. tune out. Well, who cares what we're saying? Right. Who cares what newspaper reporters are writing? You have to. You're accountable to the 52 other guys in the locker room. Mm-hmm. Go do your thing, ball out, and we'll write and say good things about you. But don't start chirping back because the power of the pen is undefeated. They get the last right. word and every he time. Talk, he wouldn't talk to the media after a win. That was he didn't a, yeah, play that well. That was a bad. Yeah, look. that's not a good that look. Was really bad. Mike, what do you got? Uh, I kind of addressed this earlier a little bit, but I think it just it deserves to have a little more depth into it. Uh, this is for mom and dad, all moms and dads, really. Um, and that is, we hear you. We know you're having tech issues. <laughs> we get the text messages. We totally understand. We get them all day. We get them at work. Something's wrong. And I'm sorry that your Echo Dot can't connect to your Bluetooth speaker. Uh, I can help you fix it, but it's going to take a minute. I, I don't. I can't do it right now. I'm sorry. 
that your DVR is full and you don't know how to uh, take it all out of there at once and you don't want to do it individually. <laughs> but I'm not coming over right now. Um, I'm sorry that you somehow hit a setting on your ring doorbell where everyone outside on the street can hear everything that you're saying in your living room. That really happened. That really happened, by the way. I want tape. So I am sorry that that's all happening, but here's what you got to realize is that we love you and we will help you with those things, but just make a list. Make like one list until you get 10 things in order rather than doing this individually. We understand. And then we'll come over there. I will make your microwave stop blinking midnight. I'll do that for you. <laughs> we'll have a nice bottle of wine. It'll be like a nice visit. But it's the important thing is not to do these individually. Make a long list of these things and then I'll come over there. I'll fix your printer. I'll do everything you want to do. And I'm speaking on behalf of most people whose parents are bugging them with this stuff all the time. Uh, just ask us, but make that list. That's all I ask. That's a fair ask. That's yeah. great. Let's call it Tech Tuesday, where every yeah. Tuesday you go to mom and pops and you say, what have you got for yeah. me today? Yeah. Yep. My favorite is when you're doing something over FaceTime and they have to toggle back and forth from the FaceTime uh-huh. to their phone to get oh the settings. Gosh. Right. It's, oh, it's I, a nightmare. I only wish that I've recorded some of them with my yep. mom, who is 82. And by the way, she's streaming right now. I get, so She's gotten pretty good at it, but man, these I get conversations least, are hilarious. I get at least one FaceTime, like live fa- uh, FaceTime thing from my mom's purse, like once oh, a week. Oh, yeah. No and doubt. I, just, I hear her and her, her friends. Style. Her and her friends are at work just talking to each other. And I'm just like, I might stick around to see if she talks some smack on me Live a little bit. Yeah, that you would know? be disturbing yeah it is something really but, messed yeah, up yeah you know, bless their hearts they've had a we've had a lot to adjust to think about that i mean yeah. a lot's parents. happened in, the, in in their later years oh, yeah, yeah. it's we've, easier for us to handle it because we're younger not a lot for me change. frankly no not we're, a hell of we're, a lot. we're on the fringe but like i look at my kids and right like I, i'm pretty sure they can write code yeah <laughs> i don't know where they learned they're it, in the meta in their yeah, brains they really right. are. My, my son is not even nine years old knows way more about technology than i do yeah, yeah. not even close but you're not ashamed of that you're not mad no at like, yeah, fix i'm impressed everything. with him fix everything. yeah it, it, great. yeah i'm sure you're already saying yeah. son i can't get on this stream site can yeah. you help me he, he had to help me figure out screen mirroring on my tv from the from the computer they know how to do it that's what they're there for yeah it's crazy all right um here's my final take and it has to do with the man who sits in the most important chair for the cleveland guardians and that's terry francona I, I know that we love Tito. I just don't think that we are appreciating what we have in the moment. One day, the Patriots are going to wake up and they're going to go, wow, Bill's not our coach anymore. And then they're going to have to find out how tough it is to be on the other side. The difference that a manager can make in baseball, and I'm different than most analytics guys. Most analytics guys believe that a manager can make four to six games difference in a year. They think they're that irrelevant. That's why I think Terry Francona is the best, most impactful manager in baseball. Look at what he's been able to do with what management has given him. This team's always at least 500. This team's always in the playoff discussion. Even last year when they finished below 500, which for Terry is like as odd as a full solar eclipse. It doesn't happen very often. You can give him a group of players, and the group of players that he inherited this year, most experts agreed They're going to be bottom feeders in the division. They might finish last. I heard some people pick them last. And here they are, and I know it's a small sample size, but we're a month into the season. They just took two of three from a very good Toronto team. And last night's win in Chicago is going to set the tone for the rest of this year. That team, if it wasn't already together, is together now. They came back, guys, from an 8-2 deficit in the ninth inning. 
That doesn't happen in baseball. At one point, they had a 99.7% chance of losing. They won the game. Grand slam. Nailer. Three-run homer. Nailer. We talked about it to start the show. They're getting contributions from guys named Miller and Quan and Rosario that we weren't really counting on. And that's all because of Terry Francona. He gets the most out of everybody in his dugout. I think back to the 2007 season when the Indians were playing the Red Sox in the ALCS. My dad was dying of cancer. Indians were up 3-1. I got on an airplane and flew to Arizona to watch the last three games with my dad. And I told my dad, we're going to get to watch the Indians in another World Series. And he knew that this would be his last baseball season. And before we ever watched Game 5, he said, you know what scares me the most? And I said, what? And he said, they've got Tito in their dugout. My dad was a huge fan of Tito Francona, who played for his mm. career early in the Indians. He said, he's the difference maker in a baseball series like this. We watched the Red Sox win three in a row and go on to sweep the World Series and win the World Series. He's that kind of a guy, guys. Forget the rosters, because mm. at that point, it's a wash. Give me a great manager in a seven-game series every time. What he's been able to do in his career is nothing short of amazing. He ended the curse in Boston, and I know it's his dream to end it here. So he'll never be able to buy a drink again in the city of Boston or Cleveland. If he Hall can do of that. Fame manager, without a doubt. One of the best we've yeah. seen, and I think the best in the game right now. I get. Uh, I, I almost brought him up earlier when we were talking about him and how amazing he is. Uh, the thing that's frustrating, though, is hearing, and you're absolutely right. Here, these are the excuses we hear at the beginning of the season when they don't spend any money. They're like, but they're still going to be competitive. They got Tito. He can make anything competitive. You know, they do a lot with a little. And it's like, yeah, but imagine if they had a lot and Tito. They like, should. that's what yeah. he did when, when he was in Boston. Yeah. They had a sure. lot and yeah. Tito. And, man, I mean, he does. You're right. He deserves all the credit in the world. But, boy, if, they, if he gave him something else to work with. Yeah. Especially his last couple of years with the payroll solo. It's just yep, been ridiculous. It'd be fun to watch. Let's go just get just that new owner the in there, spend some money. And his don't give him a, you know, a dollar yeah. general payroll. Give him a real payroll. Give me one. And his attitude, Tito's attitude is still great. He's like, well, we've got some exciting players out there. And he, he's, you got this, what is the second lowest payroll in the league? Third, something yeah. like that. And the team feeds off his positivity. Yes, no doubt. And he gets young guys to play hard. And the veterans love him. The young guys love him. I think he doesn't take himself too seriously. Very self-deprecating. You're right. He does does, uh, laugh at himself, and he can make the guys in the clubhouse laugh. And uh, Tito, we love you, and uh, it's going to be a harsh reality when we look inside that dugout one day, and he's no longer there. Don't say that. I know. Big show tomorrow. I'd like to think. Oh yeah, big show. Huge show. Huge. You want to tease anything on tomorrow's show? Joe Thomas. There you go. I'm mad at him though. I said it the other day. He's getting too skinny. Like he's not Mike Polk skinny, but he's really. He's getting too thin. It's inappropriate. He's got a great life. It's not fair that he's also thin. He really does. And he's going to be alive for like 50 more years. He's ridiculous. in great shape. It's what the ridiculous. hell is Also, that? you know who else is on tomorrow's show is The Miz. Oh, The Miz. Oh, my God. Like, so we always got to bring in like a, there's got to be right. a Cleveland connection yeah, for our yep. Does anybody love Cleveland more than The Miz? I don't think so. No, he's, he wears it. He, he, he's all about Cleveland. Makes yeah. it very clear. And Stop playing. I got the championship belt, Miz. <laughs> yeah. You tell me. <laughs> I, if he, I, I, does I, anybody do it better than The Miz? This guy. What's the origin of this? I'm <laughs> he sorry. Bought, <laughs> he bought it, he it on it Amazon. Oh, okay. But he wants, to, he wants to make us believe that he's the people's this champ and it was given to him. This was given to me in a ceremony. Okay. By the people. By the pandas. By the pandas. 
got the people. I got the people. Multiple. It was a live panda. It was a live panda there too. By the way. So we're just not addressing it, and we're just. I won't bring it up again. We're just always annoying the elephant in the room. He's the people's champ. You got to recognize. Rub my shoulders. Mike, great job. Great first effort. Mike's going to be in every Tuesday and Thursday with us, and we enjoy having your good sense of humor and your different takes on things. Back tomorrow, 11 a.m. Eastern. Remember, you can watch us on YouTube, but there's all kinds of ways you can digest us on podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. We're pretty active on social media. We'll see you tomorrow, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. Until then, make it a great day. Enjoy this wonderful weather if you Woo! can. Three, see you guys. Three, oh. Are we in the cloud? Is this show in the Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.